This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Wednesday, November 28, 2012. I'm Caleb Brown. There are many caricatures and misconceptions around libertarian thinking. Clearing those up is quite a task. Philosopher Jason Brennan, in his new book, Libertarianism, What Everyone Needs to Know, tries to do just that. He spoke at the Cato Institute November 8th. And in particular, I want to show that libertarianism, contrary to the caricature, is a humane philosophy. And even if you think it's wrong, and you're free to do that, even if you think they're mistaken about how things work, I want you to realize that it's a humane philosophy. The people who advocate it normally do so for humane reasons. Right? And to some degree, I want to put the left in the defensive. I want to say, if you care about the poor, how come you're a Democrat? Right? If you care about the poor, how come you're so Marxist? So the format of the book, as the format of all the books in the series, the What Everyone Needs to Know series, is to divide into chapters with a bunch of different uh, topics and then ask questions and then just answer those questions. Um, so what I'm going to talk about today, and how much, how much more time do I have at this point, do you think? 11 minutes. 11 minutes. What I want to talk about today, then, are some of the misconceptions that people have about libertarians. I put up nine of them. I probably won't get to them all. Um, but just to kind of correct some of these misconceptions. So misconception one is a deeply philosophical misconception. It's that libertarians only care about negative liberty. Philosophers, when they talk about liberty, they say there's a lot of different definitions out there, but they broadly separate what we call negative and positive liberty. Negative liberty is the absence of interference, Right? You have negative liberty when people or objects or other things aren't interfering with you or putting up obstacles in your way. Positive liberty is the presence of powers or abilities. So a Marxist might say positive liberty is the power to achieve your ends. And people might say money increases your positive liberty because it improves your ability to achieve your ends. Or you might say Superman has the positive liberty to fly and I don't. Now, there's a view that libertarians only care about negative liberty. They just want to make sure that we are not interfered with. They don't care about positive liberty, the actual ability to achieve our ends. And there's a thought that if you do care about positive liberty, if you do think it's important that people not only not be interfered with, but be, have the ability to achieve their goals, then you should be a socialist or advocate um, government sort of intervention or government redistribution. What's underlying that? I think part of that is what I call a direct governmentalist bias. The thought is if we think government's job is to promote liberty and part of what it is to be free is to have positive liberty, it follows that we should have an extensive welfare state that makes sure and guarantees that everybody have uh, positive liberty so described. But that doesn't follow. From these normative premises about what you want society to achieve, no particular institutional thing follows from that because it depends upon empirical questions about how government actually functions. The problem here has to do with the logic of guarantees. A government guarantee, a legal guarantee, is no real guarantee. It may or may not work. There's a difference between guaranteeing in the sense of making inevitable, as when an economist says that quadrupling the, middle, uh, the minimum wage will make it inevitable that we'll have rising unemployment, versus expressing a firm commitment to produce some end, as when George W. Bush guaranteed that no child will be left behind. Another misconception is that libertarians care only about liberty. And that's what you saw with Jeffrey Sachs. Everything takes a backseat to liberty. It's just not true. If you look at the arguments and justifications for, the, for their institutions libertarians give, they have normal kind of common sense moral intuitions, and they're trying to base their arguments on those intuitions. You know, most people, if you ask them, hey, do you think people should be free to do what they want if they're minding their own business? They'll say yes. <coughs> libertarians just say, well, what if while well, minding their own business and not hurting anybody, they're also snorting some cocaine? They're allowed to do that. And then most people go, oh, no, no, no. But libertarians say they want to extend that idea. Most people have the idea that you shouldn't push other people around, that you shouldn't attack them or rape them or slap them or make them kind of conscript them into your own personal projects. Libertarians extend those moral intuitions to talk about what they think government should do or what they think we can do to one another. Um, 
really, if libertarians cared only about liberty, most of what they write would be irrelevant. A good example of this would be uh, Robert Nozick's Anarchy, State, and Utopia, which I talked about before. Uh, Thomas Nagel, a famous philosopher at NYU, says, oh, you know, Nozick's argument against the welfare state is just that it violates self-ownership. Right? If that were true, Nozick's book would be like two pages long. It takes like two pages to establish that. It's not two pages long. It's hundreds of pages long. He spends lots of time trying to argue that the welfare state doesn't work the way people think or that certain justifications people give for it aren't well-grounded and so on. Right? If he really were this cartoon, he wouldn't spend so much time thinking about these other kinds of values. Libertarians say we're not faced with a choice between a free or a humane society. Their argument, whether they're right or wrong, is that a free society is the way to have a humane society. That if you care about these other kinds of values, liberty is the means for achieving that. Another misconception is that libertarians glorify selfishness. And yet, some do. Ayn Rand does, right? But she's kind of not the norm. She's not the typical libertarian, at least as far as I can tell. But even for Ayn Rand, though, she has an esoteric, kind of bizarre conception of, self, of what it is to be selfish, a conception under which it can never be in your interest to harm another person who's not deserving, to steal from another person for your own benefit and that kind of thing. So she has a weird view of, self, of self-interest. But in fact, libertarians don't have any unusual views about selfishness. They, most libertarians think you should be charitable. Most people, libertarians think that you should provide for others under some circumstances. And really, libertarianism demands a kind of unselfishness. Most of us are moral busybodies. We want to regulate and control how other people live. We want to mess around in their business. And libertarians say, live and let live. Now, critics of uh, liberal philosophy in general, not just libertarianism, often say, that's not such an undemanding thing. Like, you're just not saying live and let live. How can that be an ideal? The thing is, it's extremely demanding. Most people don't want to live and let live. It's very hard for people to let go. So, in fact, when you say live and let live, you're asking people to do something that the overwhelming majority of them don't want to do. Another misconception is that libertarians are unusually selfish. That's what uh, uh, Benson, a former speechwriter for George W. Bush, said. Oh, libertarians become libertarian as adolescents because adolescents are self-centered and selfish, and it's a selfish, uh, self-centered philosophy. Like, well, where's the evidence? Right? In principle, psychologists could study this and test this to see if libertarians are unusually selfish. And as far as they have, there's just not any evidence that, that they are any different. I think what's, what's going on here is that People, especially all those on the left, often assume that their preferred institutional uh, arrangements are the only sensible expression of benevolence. Right? Um, and you know, one, some people have claimed that people who support free markets um, provide more for charity than people who don't. And some of that research is, uh, is controversial and it may or may not be true. But when you see that, when you see, like, I, I for one give more to charity than most of my friends on the left. And when I ask them why they don't give more to charity, they'll often say, and perhaps they're being honest, that they think that charities don't work. Now, when I say that, I don't, I don't go, oh, you must be unusually selfish in response. I say, I can see what you mean. You're not willing to throw money at a cure that you think won't actually fix the disease. You, know, you regard it as a false cure, and you're not willing to throw money at it. That's perfectly sensible if it's true. But now that I'm being kind of nice to you about that, you might in turn be nice to other people who don't advocate some of the institutions you advocate. If libertarians aren't willing to throw money at certain things the left regards as a cure, but libertarians regard as a false cure, that doesn't mean they don't care about the disease. Besides... Advocacy is cheap. If I were to come on here today and say, I advocate having 90% tax rates on everybody who makes over $100,000 a year, that doesn't actually increase my taxes. Right? It doesn't actually make a difference in what I pay. Advocacy is nothing. Talk is cheap. To say that you know, when you advocate a certain position, you can get the warm glow of that position without ever ha- actually incurring a cost upon yourself. 
Uh, along with this, we might ask, does exposure to markets actually make us more selfish? And I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this, but people have done experiments on this, and the answer is no. In fact, economists like to play games where people get the opportunity to cheat one another or lie for real money. And what they find is the single greatest predictor that you will be cooperative and not be a cheater in these games is how market-oriented your society is. The more market-oriented your society, the more cooperative you are. Why? Because people from market societies are used to putting themselves into one another's shoes and used to having to make deals and cooperate with others. Another misconception is that libertarians are just out to help big business. Critics say that libertarianism is freedom for the rich, freedom for uh, corporations, and servility and servitude for everybody else. Really? Libertarians are the most vocal critics of corporate subsidies, corporate privileges, special contracts, and corporate welfare. Public choice economics, the part of a branch of economics that deals with this, is predominantly like like uh, uh, composed of libertarians. Libertarians are the ones saying, let General Motors die. I I think we should reverse this. My view is that I want to say to the left, look, corporatism is your fault. You, the left, the progressive left, have actually held a lot of power in the United States in the past hundred years. And when you get this power, what you do is do things that help corporations seize power and control other people. When you have a political system that can choose winners and losers in the economy, the well-connected and the rich are going to take advantage of that and be the winners. I think through the Democratic Party, corporations and the financial elite capture power for themselves. To see how this might work, imagine a magical world, this analogy, a magical world in which there's a crime problem, a problem with violent crime. But in this world, whenever you give more guns to the police, the criminals in turn seize those guns from the police and use them against them and everybody else. In that kind of world where whenever you give more guns to the police, the criminals take them, you wouldn't want to arm the police more. Arming the police would be the same thing as arming the criminals. I think that... uh, uh, when it comes to uh, corporate power, we live in that kind of world. And I'm not going to try to prove this to you today, but when we try to increase government control over the economy, corporations in turn seize that for themselves. Right? So the debate here is we, we see the problem of crony capitalism, and the left says corporations have too much power. So let's increase government power over corporations. Seems sensible, but it might backfire if we live in that world where uh, you know, it might be the, exactly the opposite thing to do. Libertarians say, corporations have too much power. Let's decrease government power over corporations. Another misconception, and one's kind of dear to my heart, is that libertarians don't care about social justice. And many of them explicitly say that they don't. I think they're actually wrong about their own philosophy. I think many of them are committed to social justice. They just don't like to use the word. What is the basic idea of social justice? The idea is that under normal conditions, coercive social institutions, including property rights and other rights, have to be sufficiently to every innocent person's benefit so that it's reasonable to demand that people comply with those institutions. If you're saying that people should respect your property, you're making a moral demand of them. And if property institutions were just completely to their disadvantage, they had no hope in the world because of those institutions, it would be unreasonable to make that demand. Do libertarians agree? Some of them explicitly agree, and others kind of implicitly agree. I mean, Adam Smith and the Wealth of Nations forever changed economic analysis because he said that the way you measure the wealth of nations is not by looking at the size of the king's treasury, but by looking at the opportunities available to the common person and how full his children's stomachs are. Right? Why would libertarians focus on arguing that free markets work? 
and are good for the poor and so on if they didn't actually think it mattered from a moral point of view. Why bother argue the welfare state doesn't work if you really are just this cartoon self-ownership person who thinks the only thing wrong with it is that it violates libertarian uh, absolute property rights in the self? I mean, even Ayn Rand, of all people, acts like this. Ayn Rand goes out of her way and Atlas Shrugged to try to, to try to show that, look, under these kinds of bad institutions, her superhuman, super genius people, they, they come out okay, they're fine, but it's the weak people, the small people who really get hurt in the end. Right? If, she didn't, if she didn't care about that, why would she even bother say that? Is it just a little, like, oh, you, you the left care about this. I don't. They could be crushed for all I care. I don't think so. I think it's because most libertarians actually do care about the poor, and they actually do care about social justice. I think the difference here is um, you know, libertarians think that when it comes to escaping pro- poverty, if you really want to make sure that the, the poor do well, the important thing is to make sure these lines keep going up is to keep making sure that we have more economic opportunity. The idea is, if you want to make sure that the poor are doing well, you want to make it so that everyone is so rich that they can always walk away from a bad deal. And that's the thing that really matters in the long run. I'm going to end with one last misconception, and I think it's an important one that libertarians get away from, because I think it really harms their cause. And that's the misconception that the USA is the most libertarian country. Now, in terms of people who are explicitly self-identified as libertarians, yes, the USA is the most libertarian in that sense. In the sense of uh, the most, using the most libertarian rhetoric, the USA is the most libertarian in that sense. But talking the libertarian talk is not walking the libertarian walk. Right? So a number of different institutes have tried to measure economic freedom and civil liberties. When they try to measure economic freedom, they tend to find the U.S. is not really all that high. The Fraser Institute recently did a, uh, uh, just a couple months ago, put out its new rankings, and the U.S. is only in the top 20. I mean, so it's only like number 18 when it comes to total economic freedom. Far behind Denmark and Ireland and others. Even the country of Denmark, which we often in the U.S. call socialist, one of those socialist Scandinavian countries, on almost every measure, business freedom, investment freedom, financial freedom, labor freedom, and so on, it trounces the U.S. It's getting scores in the 90s, and the Heritage Institute gives them similar scores. The U.S. is getting scores in the 70s. It really gets dinged because it has a well-functioning welfare state. But I think you should separate the idea of the administrative state, which controls everything in the economy, from the social insurance state, which provides social insurance. And really, for libertarians, it's the former that's really, really bad from their point of view. That's the thing that's really interfering with people's ability to be responsible self-owners. Some of them are kind of amenable to the welfare state, at least if it works, and it does seem to work very well in Denmark. Um, when it comes to civil liberties, you can say it's the same kind of thing. I mean, the U.S. has had some progress. I mean, a couple of states just legalized marijuana. A number of states just uh, legalized same-sex marriage. But there's also a lot of things we do that are very bad from a civil liberties point of view. I mean, we claim the right to assassinate citizens without due process. We bomb innocent Pakistani children in the name of a war on terror and so on. The reason it's important to say the U.S. is not the most libertarian country from a libertarian point of view is you don't get stuck having to apologize for all the bad things that the U.S. does. And there's often a tactic, a rhetorical tactic, to say, look, there's this bad stuff going on in the U.S. The U.S. is the most libertarian. Therefore, libertarianism is awful. But really, like Canada, Switzerland, Denmark, Australia, New Zealand, these are much more libertarian countries than the United States. So from a libertarian point of view, you should be celebrating their successes rather than trying to apologize for all the bad stuff America does as if it's libertarianism's fault. Jason Brennan is author of Libertarianism, What Everyone Needs to Know. You can watch the full forum for the book at Cato.org.